This is the Good Things Guy podcast with myself, Brendan DeCute, South Africa's very own Good Things Guy. I'm on a mission to change what the world pays attention to. I truly believe that there's good news all around us, and I spend my time hunting down and reporting on the best good news stories from South Africa and the world. In the Good Things Guy podcast, you'll meet these everyday heroes and hear their incredible stories. Kirstie Bissett is a serial tech entrepreneur with five businesses under her belt, two of which she still owns, two of which have been successfully sold, and one which has failed, which we might actually talk about. I love the fact that she's added this into her bio, because not many people would put that there, but I guess it's part of our, our journey and our lessons. With recognition from the likes of Fast Company, Destiny Magazine, and Fair Lady Magazine, Kirsty thrives to build brands and businesses in the FMCG and retail space through her agency, Stir, and to build companies in the global fintech industry through growth and conversion strategies with her agency, SwiftX. We're not doing that. Kirsty is a prolific writer and an advocate for gender equality. She's also someone who's not afraid to text you and tell you to get off TikTok, which is exactly the reason I have her on the show today. I saw a tweet that Kirst made. We've been following each other for years and years and years on Twitter. There's even a story about how we met up in New York and I nearly got to meet Taylor Swift with her. And yeah, she put up a post the other day about TikTok and how bad it is. And I need to understand this because lockdown has made me TikTok fundy. I am loving it, but apparently it's really bad for my data. And I'm not talking about the stuff that MTN gives us. I'm talking about those credentials like banking passwords and things like that. Yes. Have I got your attention? Because her tweet got mine. Kirst, welcome to Good Things Guy Jackpot. It's great to have you on the show. Hey, friend. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so honored to be here. Yeah, that was an intro and a half because I didn't even know that you had five companies and that you'd sold two and you'd failed at one. I just knew that, I mean, I know you from, I met you at the CEO Sleepout, right? Yes, that was actually the first time we met. Your company, Stir, was dealing with all of the social media and I forced, like a school child, to go into a masterclass with you and you taught me a little bit about social media. The thing is, when we play in this space as media or journalists, or bloggers or influencers, we think we know everything until people come along that actually do know more than us. And I must tell you, I learned a bucket load of stuff in that first masterclass with you. I'm so glad, Brent, because it is, I mean, when you speak about digital, when you speak about social media, what you see is, you know, a pretty picture or, you know, a funny clip. And what, what I think a lot of people don't realize is how much deeper it does go and how intricate and, and detailed the many, many facets of digital are. It really is a massive umbrella and something that I can't even call myself an expert on. And I think if you call yourself an expert on this, you're lying <laughs> because it does. Firstly, I mean, it's so broad. And secondly, it's changing all the time. I mean, what you know, a platform like Facebook was even a year ago is completely different to what it is today. Well, I mean, the, this, so it's an industry that's ever changing. It's ever changing and it's complex. That's exactly where we're going to. We're going to get into this TikTok thing now because that's a whole new platform that South Africa has found. And it's one that is apparently not so good. But before we get into that, how did you start Stir? How did you get into digital? How has this become a space that you play in? So it was a very organic thing for me. You know, I always grew up thinking I would start my own business because my mom was an entrepreneur, but I thought I would kind of, you know, go through the motions, climb the corporate ladder, you know, get to a point, get the experience and then 
start my own company, whatever that may be. But I was kind of forced into entrepreneurship because in 2012, I'd, I'd left a, a corporate job. And it's when, you know, the digital space was really growing in South Africa. You know, big brands were kind of asking, what is the Facebook? <laughs> and I built a bit of a personal brand for myself. I really loved the industry. I thought, wow, this is a fantastic opportunity and this is where things are going. So I tried to get a job. I'd quit my, my corporate job. I did the stupid thing of <laughs> quitting first and then looking for work. And no one would hire me. It was a devastating job market. And also, to be fair, I didn't have agency experience. So I don't blame them for not hiring me. But I, I got to a point where I was pretty desperate. I had actually received job offers from larger corporates, but not in the space that I was passionate about. And I turned them down. And I don't know if that was a silly move on my part, but I was actually quite desperate. I needed to pay bills. So I thought, well, if no one's going to hire me, I'm going to do it myself. And touch wood, that was eight years ago and we're still going strong. Um, and we have a presence in the US and the UAE now as well. That's incredible. That is incredible. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I, I must ask though, is, is entrepreneurship as easy as you make it look? Oof. No, what you see on social media is, <laughs> well, I think what most people see on social media is, you know, the Instagram life versus the Instagram reality. It's extremely tough. And you know what, I'm, I'm a huge advocate for talking about how tough that, that is because, and that's why I have the fact that I have a failed business in my, in my bio. I'm, I'm finally proud of it. It's been my biggest heartbreak. I mean, no boy has ever broken my heart as much as a failed business has, but <laughs> It's, it's really important to talk about how difficult it really is, how challenging, how heartbreaking, how emotionally, financially and mentally tough it is to run your own business. And, that, and that's what I love. And that's why I mentioned it, because like I said, I followed you for years on Twitter and you are very open about it. If something's not going right, if we're speaking about a simple thing like big corporates paying invoices on time, there's so many different aspects of how complex it is to own a business. And you're never, ever, ever afraid to put it out there. But I have to ask, right? Okay, so we, we play in the digital space. We know that the Facebook changes monthly, daily. So it's a whole new sort of thing. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, this thing comes along called TikTok. And we don't know much about it. And like, I don't know where it came from. I don't know why it's risen to fame. And I certainly don't know why so many South Africans have started using it during lockdown. But this 35-year-old is on it, cursed. And you sent a message to <laughs> get off. Um, when I told Danny Painter Jacaranda that I was interviewing you because she told me to get off TikTok, she actually said, please give Kirsty the biggest kiss and hug because we need to get you off TikTok, full stop. So let's talk about this. Where did this app come from? All right. Okay. So let's take a step back. TikTok is obviously a social networking service and it is owned by a company called ByteDance in Beijing, China. It was launched in 2017, but it only was made available in the US in, in about August 2018. And in October, so just two months later, it became the most downloaded app in the US. Wow. And it has become the most downloaded app on the App Store in 2018 and 2019. As we know, it's, it's an app that has a number of templates that you can use to, you know, dub your voice and create, I think it's 15 to 60 second snippets 
about whatever you want, whether it's music or makeup or singing or engineering. And it's, it's mainly been targeted at the younger audience. So 41% of your TikTok users are aged between 16 and 24, and they spend an average of 52 minutes a day on the app. There's about one and a half million users on the app so far, and an estimated 5 million of those are sitting in SA. So it's very, very tiny in South Africa at the moment, but gaining, it's, it's, I think it's one of the fastest growing apps that we've ever had. In the country? Yes. That's insane. And I'm on it. And I, yeah. I'm, I'm not that 41% market, which I'm embarrassed. Maybe I'm just uh, young at heart. Maybe, <laughs> maybe that's what's going you on. You certainly are. And your videos have made me like snort wine out of my nose, basically. <laughs> but but the, the big thing here is, I mean, you alluded to the fact, or you didn't allude to the fact, you were pretty straightforward that you were like, it's not a good app. Yeah, so I want to talk about two things. The, the tweet that you referred to, it was a New York Times article that spoke about Amazon sending out a company-wide memo to their staff to delete TikTok. Yeah. That memo was was then retracted, which, oh, wow. I don't know, I'm no conspirators, but I feel like that's so weird. A company like Amazon will not send out a company-wide email <laughs> to delete an app by accident. Yeah. So... That for me was very, very weird. But what really caught my attention was that with it was a thread on Reddit that actually went viral. Oh gosh, did I really just say that word? A <laughs> <laughs> <The> mean word. <laughs> but it was it was about a person who had reverse engineered TikTok. So went in, had a very, very deep look at the code. And the interesting thing to note was he'd also reverse engineered other apps like Facebook, Twitter, mm -hmm. and Instagram, right? So this is what they found. And I don't want to get too technical because it gets extremely complex. And I think only kind of real software developers and techies will understand the, the true yeah. complexities of it. I think the thing that to, to focus on is that if there is an API to get information on you, TikTok is using it. So an API, in case you don't know, it stands for Application Program Interface. And it's basically a set of tools or protocols for building software. And it defines how software interacts with each other. So a couple of examples of the APIs that they have plugged in to get information on you is their phone hardware, including your CPU type and even like how much memory usage you have. Oh, wow. They have access to other apps that you've installed, including deleted apps. So if you think about that, they can really get a lot of information on you according to the apps you have on your phone, right? So if you have Grindr on your phone, you know, they can get insight into, you know, your, your relationship status. If you have, you know, a, a pregnancy app on your phone, cool, they know you're pregnant, you know, those kind of things. And then there's the obvious kind of hacker information. So it's your net, network-related info pertaining to IP address, your Wi-Fi access name. It can obviously identify your, your location. And a lot of people have pushed back to me and said, Kirsty, every app accesses this information. And that's true to a degree. No matter what happens when you download an app, when you give your information, that app has access to that data. But what really freaked me out about TikTok is that the behavior changes slightly if they know you're trying to figure out what they're doing. And there's kind of snippets of code that allow for the downloading of remote files. And basically, there's zero reason that a mobile app would need this functionality wow. legitimately. So they've 
also designed in such a way that you can't use it if you block communications to the analytics. Wow. (laughs) They're looking into this. And to give you a sense, this guy who reverse engineered the app, he, he also looked at, you know, the other apps, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and it's nowhere near as bad. And, you know, I also, I don't want to make this an America versus China thing because that's also the pushback that I'm getting here. Yeah. And the problem is that you know, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, they're US-based companies and they're beholden to the government. Yeah. <laughs> Whether yeah. they are doing, you know, the right things is questionable, but yeah. <laughs> TikTok isn't. <laughs> and that's where kind of the, the scary stuff comes in. Well, I have to ask because this leads to a different space, which is the same space where I think perhaps South Africans don't really concentrate on privacy or security issues. We're very quick to Mm. download things onto our phones or to log in on computers. And we're very quick to scroll through the T's and C's and just push approval. Okay. No one's going to read those 140. If we even scroll through the T's and C's, (laughs) gosh, who does that? (laughs) So like we don't, uh, for me and for the people around me and the people that I know, we don't really bother about privacy or security online. Is this a problem? Is this something that we should be doing? Yeah, but I mean, it's not, it's so much easier said than done. So we can't be expected to scroll through pages and pages of T's and C's before we agree to something. But, you know, the good news is there are people who will do that faster for us and they are getting better at it. But, you know, I don't want to, inspire any kind of fear here you know i don't want to spoil anyone's fun the thing is with data we've seen the consequences of nefarious actions so if you've watched the great hack on netflix i really really implore you to watch it we know what cambridge analytica did with facebook and it's basically the reason why we have a u.s president who is who he is yeah they these apps are taking data and manipulating it to advertise to people to influence them. So if you're not familiar, what Cambridge Analytica did was that they they took the data from Facebook users and they took, you know, political beliefs, what you've posted, your sexual orientation, your political views, and they created ads and advertised and put that content in front of you in order to swing your vote. And when you think about the greater consequences of it, we've never experienced anything like this before, but look how it's impacting our world today. It's quite scary. And then we have, you know, the other more malicious, even more malicious consequences of it, like hackers and sexual predators mm. who, are, who are going to be on this app. I mean, TikTok's also come under fire for being a breeding ground for sexual predators. So, yeah, we, we need to be more aware of it. Um, and I think we are, which is the good news here. You know, it takes these kind of huge events, big scary events to happen for us to realize, okay, maybe I do need to be a little bit more careful about what data I'm sharing and where. Well, 100%. So after I saw your tweet, I went onto Google, my googly machine, and I, I spent a bit of time actually reading about TikTok. And there are so many articles uh, that speak to exactly what you're saying now. And what's scary is I've been on this app since the start of lockdown, and I've never, ever, ever come across 
these news articles that are on the New York Times, the Washington Post, News 24. People are speaking about why TikTok is not good. And I, I don't know if I chose to not see it or if I didn't see it. I'm, I'm not sure. But now I know. And when you know better, you do better, as they say. So hopefully I'll make the right decisions. One thing that I also want to talk about is you speak about the sexual predators on the TikTok app. It's vile. It is Ugh, absolutely yeah. vile. It's skin crawl. Yeah. Oh, you know, to see the older men that are leaving sexual comments on, you, you, you spoke about the 41% being these young kids, on 18-year-old girls' profiles. It is yeah. one of the most ridiculous things I've ever seen. And TikTok's been very smart from the start. So one of the strategies that is, has been made public is that they, with your first video, you'll get a heck of a lot of engagement and a very high reach. So they immediately hook you with that. And you think, oh, well, look, I'm, I'm, doing, I'm doing well on TikTok. Let me make another video. So they really kind of get you into the system and keep you there. Yeah. And also, I mean, our apps these days are kind of a modern day stranger danger. You know, <laughs> these predators know exactly where to be and exactly what to say and exactly what to entice young, possibly easily influenced people. They know what to say in order to kind of hook you and get you to perhaps share information that could lead to a dangerous situation okay so where's the good news here you've now, you've, <laughs> you've now this is the good thing show we, could, we, could, we gotta find some good news i know can we get to the good part <laughs> <laughs> what, i feel what? like i've been the, the, the bad things gal on this <laughs> <laughs> Som- sometimes we need that Chris. sometimes we need that um where, where is the good news how can i still get my tiktok fix maybe not on tiktok where can i create great videos where can i get this creative release well if you think about how apps evolve there will be something else that will come along you know apps come and go social networks come and go we saw the rise and fall of myspace we've seen the rise and fall of uh, snapchat we're, we're seeing the rise and hopefully the potential fall of tiktok but you know what? I've never laughed so hard as I have watching TikTok videos. I mean, like yours, for example. I mean, I've laughed until I've cried. And I think it's provided such a cool platform, a huge platform, and a wonderfully and wonderfully creative templates for people to use to showcase their work and their creativity. I've watched TikTok videos, and I'm not I'm not I've been on TikTok before I found out about all this. I've watched the the videos and been completely in awe of young people's creativity and it's made me so hopeful because I'm looking at this going wow people are really creating cool content and I mean it's built careers if you think about uh, Lauren Gray she's a, an American-based singer she was the most followed account on TikTok until about March wow um you know her her career she, I think she's signed with Virgin Records now she starred in Taylor Swift's latest music video and it's really opened people's eyes to more creative ways of creating and sharing digital content. Yeah. So, yeah, there'll be thousands of apps that come and go. But, you know, maybe it's just provided like an idea of, of you know, how you can create content to build your career or to share your views. I don't know what the next one will be. <laughs> so, so we'll just have to wait it out and see. So the one thing that you mentioned, or two things that you mentioned there, was MySpace and Snapchat, which have both come and gone. But the Facebook yeah. group of companies have lapped up those. If you think about Insta stories, that's Snapchat, yeah. right? Yeah, it's not as uh, detailed. I don't think they've created as, as brilliant templates as, as TikTok has. But 
you know what Facebook does? They see something and they try to copy it. They very rarely do it well. <laughs> but make no mistake, they're looking at TikTok and going, okay, cool, we need to create something like this, be it within the Facebook environment or a new app that they build. I am excited. That makes me excited because I enjoy Yay, it. but I- they have our data as well, but that's a separate conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy making silly videos and, and throughout It's so fun. It really is. Throughout this whole lockdown, that's been one of like my things to look forward to. I, I sort of sure. sit during the day while I'm working and I think about what silly thing can I do today to make people laugh? And, <laughs> and if we can use that to a platform that is a little bit safer, I know they're still taking our data, but a little bit safer and we kind of know what's happening with the data, that'll make me feel better. Yeah, for sure. Like, I'm, like I said, I'm really, I don't want to ruin anyone's fun. Let's just be cautious, you know, and make sure that we're, we're protecting ourselves. And I think younger people especially. Agreed. We, we need to look after the, we need to be better for the young ones. Um, Kirst, Absolutely. So lockdown has been crazy for everybody. And I know that uh, it's a trauma for everybody. If we can leave it on a good note as well. Have you been coping? Are you okay? How are you getting through this time? Um, I've definitely experienced the, what do they call it? The Corona coaster, the ups and downs. (laughs) Yeah, it's been fine. Hey, I mean, being in the digital space, we're quite fortunate to, you know, moving over to remote working for my team and I was, was relatively easy and we've had our ups and downs, but you know what? It just makes you realize no matter what we go through, this is something completely unprecedented and, but we're not alone in it. There's millions of people going through a similar situation and, it's been really cool to see how, how people have banded together, despite opposing views, despite opposing beliefs or whatever. Um, there's definitely felt like there's been quite a united front all in all. Well, Chris, I've loved having you on the show and I'm really, really, Thank really, you. really excited for when we get through this pandemic for you and I to travel to some city where we can stalk Taylor Swift all over again. You know I'm down for it. Let me know when I'm there. (laughs) (laughs) I hope you have an amazing week. Wishing you only good things. You too. Thank you. Bye. I'm Brendan DeCue, South Africa's very own Good Things Guy. And you've been listening to Good Things Guy, a jackpot podcast. For more episodes or to subscribe, rate or review my podcast, go to iTunes, Iona FM or Google Podcasts. Be kinder than necessary to yourself and each other. Thanks and only good things.